Strange is the enemy strategy. A massive invasion, but no attempt to take the temple or city. Unless an elaborate distraction? To hide their primary objective. Palpatine! Episode 40 The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted. Made by Americans for Americans. And now, here are your hosts, Brad Milo and Frank A. Rincon. And welcome to episode 40 of A Half Hour Wasted, uh, where we're going to look at, we're going to continue our sh- our special on the Star Wars series, and today we're going to talk about the Clone Wars, the animated series. It's not just a series, it's a saga. It's a saga. I- I'm Frank. I'm Brad. And on the phone with us, joining us for this program, is Johnny M. from the forums. Johnny, how are you? Johnny! Guys, what's there. up? I lost you there for a second. How are you? <laughs> hey, good. Now, Johnny, what part of the country are you from? I am from Long Island, New York. Hey. Long Island. Long Island. How's, how's Long the weather Island. up there? <laughs> the weather is great. Really? It's we, uh, been like 60 degrees, which is crazy. We are in South Texas. No, North Texas. I'm sorry. We're in the Dallas area, right? Yeah. How long? You been awake? <laughs> Late, uh, like, <laughs> did you just wake up or something? Where am I? And... um. Anyway, the weather's been great here. But enough about the weather. Let's talk Star Wars Well, hey, John, first, let me ask you, as a listener, I I clear my throat a lot like that, I've noticed, when I go back and listen to the shows. Uh I do that a lot. John, is that annoying? No, um, your voice really is the annoying thing. The coughing hasn't bothered me. Burn. (laughs) Brad, you want some aloe for that that burn that Johnny M just laid on you? (laughs) Hey, Johnny, how did you, um, so how long have you been listening to, to Half Hour Wasted? I think I jumped on sometime in the summer when Chuck Saddley had mentioned you guys oh, on okay. CGS. And now that I'm looking back and trying to catch up on some that I missed, I think it was maybe 13 or 14. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. And how did you get into Star Wars? Because that's, that's what we're here to talk about today. What, where did your love of Star Wars begin? Oh, I guess I was... Four or five years old when the first one hit the theaters, and my parents brought me to that, and and that that snowballed the whole thing, the toy craze, and and everything. I haven't been able to get enough since then. What year were you born? Seventy three. Seventy three. You were four years old, dude. I was four. I have I have a very little memory of the first movie in the theater, except hearing that my sister fell asleep. Oh. So she, I've never really respected her since then. <laughs> yeah, she's no, that's, stupid. That's a joke. Your sister's stupid. Hey, um, how, um, let's see, I saw it, I was born in 68, so 77, so I was nine when I saw it, and, um, you know, that, the, the, the first movie just captured me, but, you know, where I, when I grew up, things were kind of lean, and my parents couldn't afford the real Star Wars toys, so I got the, so I got to play with the Star Warrior line of toys. Star Warrior? Star Warrior, I got to play with the Luke, um, Hay Baylor. <laughs> And Dark Nader. Dark Nader. <laughs> and uh, 
Ham salad. Ham salad. No. <laughs> I no, was there, wondering there, where you were going with that one. <laughs> but there, there was a line of Star Warriors, and I did, I did play with them, and they, they looked nothing like the Star Wars characters, but they, they were in the same vein. You know, they all had had swords and stuff like and that. And the droids. And X, the yeah. X five LM. <laughs> names like that. Robots. Arth. R. Uh, no. Uh, R. B5, are you okay? B five X one. Yeah. <laughs> but well, okay. Let's get into. Let me the start Clone the music. Wars. Oh yeah. Johnny can't hear it. I don't have actual music from the Clone Wars. Uh, but so I'm just going to play the episode three soundtrack underneath it. Okay. Because they're you know they're hand in hand. Yeah. Now um, this this movie bridges the gap between. Um, Attack of the Clones and Sith. For those that don't know what what we're talking about, or tell them, John, tell them what the Clone Wars cartoons are and and why they're important. The Clone Wars cartoons were put out as little two or three minute shorts in between TV shows on the Cartoon Network, and I guess they came out between episodes two and three. And then with the second, the second volume were a little longer than two or three minutes, weren't they? Maybe they were five or six minutes. I think they went like each of those went twelve minutes. Yeah, they're oh, okay. <clears throat> uh, looking at the the DVD uh, menus, the lists that come inside the boxes, uh, volume one has twenty three minute chapters, and volume two has five twelve minute chapters. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know why they decided to to, to change. What you know, my. Eh, let's make them ten minutes now instead of three. Well, actually, from what I understand, um, originally these were just meant to be little marketing things and kind of whet people's appetite and stuff. But they took off, and people got so excited about it that they, when they did the second version, they decided to tie it more closely into the Sith. And so the you know when they were making them, they needed they asked for a longer format to tell the story. And that, and so that's why they jumped to twelve minutes. So originally it was just a marketing thing, not really meant to. To continue the story, I mean, just something kind of interesting. I don't know if you could argue if it was meant to be in canon or not, but, I mean, the second chapter, yeah, or the second two. volume definitely is. Volume 2 is definitely tied in with uh, closer to episode 3. And right. volume 1 is just fun. Lots yes. of little glimpses of, of the action that happened during the Clone Wars. And very little dialogue, and that's one thing I, I really like. The, uh, here, let me see. Yeah, some of these chapters had no dialogue almost whatsoever. Uh, right, a lot of them, a couple of them, I think, were just the ARC troopers, like, doing their little mil- military maneuvers and not much dialogue at all. Yeah, right. and then the one with Mace Windu uh, beating up all the droids. Uh, there, wasn't I, that's, any, there wasn't any talking in that one at all. That's easily my favorite story. Absolutely, yeah, that's my that's my favorite one. Well, the director is Gentry uh, Tartakovsky. 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 Gentry Tartakovsky. Gentry. And he also does the... Um, um, Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack series, which I love. And this is, these are so reminiscent of that, both uh, style and action-wise. I never watched that. Uh, Brad, I promise you'd like it. You should, If you love these, you'll love that. Okay. Um, but let's jump right in. Let's jump into Volume 1. Um, let's give our overall just opinions about the animated series. We'll start with, uh, let's start with you, Johnny. Um, I, I liked them a lot. Like you said... You know, it seemed like it was going to be some filler, you know, some uh, some tune-up stuff for the movies. But I think they really, you know, improved on the overall story with them, and I, they added a lot of information. You know, that was uh, that was nice. Definitely a pleasant surprise. 
Brad? There was definitely a lot of very significant events that happened um, in these cartoons, and a lot of them are very important in order for you to understand what you're seeing when you watch episode three, such as why Grievous is coughing. Mm-hmm. You know, that happens in the volume two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anakin's scar on his eye. You don't see the scar happen in the cartoon, but it shows up for the first time in the cartoon, right. chronologically speaking. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> it happens in a in a one of the Clone Wars uh, trade paperbacks. You, you can actually see the the scar thing and how that happened. Um, I liked it a lot. I liked these. I think they're very important to uh, to bridge the gap because between two and three, because you know the Clone Wars. Start in episode two, and ever since I was a kid, I was really, really wanting to see a lot of Clone Wars action in a Star Wars movie. Especially when in episode four, and you hope when when Luke yeah. has that one line goes, "You were in the Clone Wars." Yeah, and right. you know you got to just want, you know it's that one line yeah. that just gets your mind turning. What was that? Who were? And for the longest time, I thought the Clone Wars was um, you know I never thought of it as the Stormtroopers. I always thought those. Those were something else. You know, I kind of had it reversed. I thought the Clone Wars was, uh, well, I guess I got my thoughts confused. Anyway. Um, the, uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't know if you could say unfortunately, but I was going to say, unfortunately, we see more Clone Wars action uh, in the cartoons than we do in the movies. And, you know, there's there's a bit of, having to use your imagination when you watch the cartoons and wondering what it would look like on the big screen, like live action. Um, they, they did kind of, you know, especially during the execution of order 66, we did get to see different planets where the clone wars were happening and all that. So we did see some of it, but I never really felt like as a fan in the movies, I was given enough clone wars action and, that was something I'd been waiting for for 20 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it these cartoons kind of filled that need. Yeah, and and it I mean it does a really good job. The the way I like to think of this series is I had to write it down so I could say it correctly. These are like these are like the myths of the Clone War. These are like because they're so over the top and crazy and all the action that's happening. It's like it's like you're sitting around a campfire and people are telling these stories of what happened at the co- during the Clone Wars. And, you know, as stories get passed down and stuff, they get exaggerated and, and stuff. And That's and, the word I was looking for. The, all of these stories are exaggerated. Yeah. The and, use of the Force by the Jedi yeah. in these are exaggerated. And they're cool, you know, but there's some fantastical things that happen in here. Well, let, let's kind of go through the, through the series chronologically and... and uh, see what we, you know, just, just kind of following following uh, the story and, and break it down. It, it starts off with Yoda riding some little creature. And I love that opening scene because it's this wide, wide area. And you see just this little creature on the bottom of the screen running and you don't know what it is. Right. And then suddenly this full-out battle breaks out. It's so awesome. And Yoda, of course, is leading the attack. Yeah, it was great. This this whole series, again, you know, if you if you weren't getting enough Jedi action in the movies, you know, this, this really filled in the gaps. We got to see a lot of we got to see a lot of action with characters that, that didn't have too much screen time. 
in episodes one, two, you know, and later three. You got to see what they could do in this series, which is probably what I liked most about it. One of my favorite things was seeing Obi-Wan Kenobi in a Stormtrooper outfit. Yeah, when we're in the Banking Clan building. Um, yeah. You know, I, I like that part because especially the design of the whole planet that they're on because, you know, it's banking, it's commerce. You always think of those columns and everything has a little like a green tint to it. So I guess you kind of you're reminded of money and stuff like that. But um, that whole portion on that on that planet was really cool. Like you said, you got to see uh, Ben. In a stormtrooper outfit, he looked awesome. We got to see that. What was that character's name? Drudge or Dirge? Dirge. What do you guys think of Dirge? I I thought ah. he was kind of a kind of a waste. They didn't utilize him uh, in a manner. Right. They didn't. He he just seemed like it was unnecessary. Uh huh. I don't, I don't know yeah, how else to say it. He has a little bike gang, right? He had like a little biker droid gang there. Yeah. Um. He was. I can see because, you know, they, they want to do the cross-cutting between the stories, so every character needs to have their own story to go on. Um, he he never really, you know, intimidated me. I never really believed that he was a real threat. I mean, he was, he was more of an annoyance as far as I was concerned, you know, because, I mean, come on, he's fighting a Jedi. Jedi's going to win every time. Well, he did give Ben a run for his money, but it just seemed like there was something forced about him. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I mean, it's like we never found out. Even if, I don't believe, even after all was said and done, we we didn't find out. I don't think his name was ever said. In you know what? The, I think you're right. I don't think it was ever all. said. Johnny, was it ever said? As far as you know, I, I don't think. It, I think I found it out on either the either a comic or maybe like I think the the toy they had a Clone Wars animated toy series that I think might have had his name on the package. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the only place we ever we ever heard it. And was was Dirge was he um sent by Dooku or did he was did he just happen to come oh, along right. and I mean was he a tool of Dooku and and Sidious or did he just happen to just get in the way at the right time? No, he was definitely he was definitely hired. Though I'm trying to remember the scene where that might have been uh that might have been established. I think the banker clan may have hired him. I don't remember Maybe. much. Do you guys? Do you remember Johnny? No, you know I'm just thinking if if they didn't plan on a volume two at this point, you know they probably just figured he was going to be a throwaway character and he looked cool and and they could kill him off and and then as the as the series went on and into volume two and then everything started tying into the movies, he just kind of fell through the cracks. I think. Yeah, that you know that's a good point because this series, this volume one, it really where it ended, that could have been it, and everything would have been fine. I think we were just blessed to get a volume two out of it, you know, because it was so popular, people wanted more. And I listened to the commentary for volume two, and they do talk about how it was rushed because... The second volume? Yeah, because it was such a success. You know, the first one was such a success. I mean, of course, they have to plan it out, storyboard it, and stuff like that. But it it just, people were just so excited about it. In fact, I seem to remember that they said um, the day that it was supposed to air, they were still making tweaks to it. Wow. The first chapter or whatever? Uh, the last chapter. Oh, wow. Um, when the last chapter was due to air, they were still tweaking it. Wow. Well, let's go over some of the significant events that happen in um, in these both of these volumes. Well, we get we get to see... Uh, we Aj- mentioned a couple yeah. already. Uh, Aj- Aja? Asajj Ventress. Asajj right. Ventress. She's the white, or the light blue, almost 
chalky tinted bald Sith wannabe. And according to the commentary, I listened to the commentary on, mm-hmm. on both volumes, that character was originally going to be um, um, Darth Maul. Really? That was she. Uh, they they made they made changes later on in production, but it was originally going to be a female Sith. And, and oh, it was in, based you mean in Episode One in in, in Phantom Menace? Yeah, cool. But uh, you There's, know, she, you know, she uses two lightsabers, so yeah. it's kind of a kind of a connection there. But uh, you know, they made they made plans early, or they made changes early during Phantom Menace, and so she got kind of lost in the shuffle. But they brought her back for this. Um, we had um, Duke. Duke really sets her straight, right? You, you, yeah, she's presented as such a powerful character, but she she was no match for him at all. That's why we, she wanted. You know, I, I call her a Sith wannabe. Whoever right. did the voice for Duku was was really good. Yeah, I mean, you could tell it wasn't the same. It wasn't Christopher Lee, but he had that same kind of "I'm better than you" attitude. You know, right. well, and and so did she. She was full of arrogance. You know, and I guess that that's part of being a Sith. I don't know. I guess you have to have that arrogance, but I guess she didn't have the proper training. No, she just she was a a dark Jedi. I yeah. wish we'd learn. Yeah, I think we did learn a little bit more about her in the comics. Uh-huh. And in fact, Anakin gets his scar from her from a lightsaber duel from her in the comics. Ooh, in the one of the Clone Wars trade paperbacks. That, that's where the scar comes from is a lightsaber duel. Okay. Um. What else of significance happens here? Um, we see... Uh, Eek-3PO's armor. That's right. We see the gold armor. Yeah. And obviously these aren't these aren't going to be chronological, but just as they come to us. Um, we, I'm looking over my notes. We see... We see uh, Padme giving uh, R2-D2 to Anakin. Uh-huh. Because at the beginning right. of episode three... R2's flying his his uh, ship, or he's the astromech droid on, oh, on yeah. his ship, and uh, Padme gives R2 to him, uh, and was that after another significant event, after he became a Jedi Knight? Right, think, he was knighted, first time we get to see a Jedi that's Knight. That's right, yeah, we get yeah. to see that ceremony. The ceremony, that was cool, so we actually get to see Anakin move from Padawan to Jedi Knight, and I think on that occasion is when Padme gives R2 as a gift oh, yeah. to him. Right. Um, um, you know, I wanted to bring this up. Again, a lot of this information I got via, via the, the commentary, and it's stuff that I, I I'm going to have to listen originally. to the commentary. Commentary's really good. Have you ever it. listened to it, Johnny? <laughs> I have not listened to the commentary on, on these yet, but I, I would. Uh, you will get so much out of it. But there's a very small scene in Volume 2 where, um, where uh, Padme is touching um, Anakin Scar. After she sees it the first time? After she sees it for the first time. And then they go into the room, uh, they go into her penthouse, and there's a light on, and then the light goes off. And on the commentary, they said that that was, that was the night that the twins were conceived, or at least that's what they, wow. they were trying to, uh, to communicate. And I thought, wow, look at that. That's it. That's the scene right there. And that was like, uh, that guy got excited when I heard that. It was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. That scene needed to be in the movies rather than the junk that they were throwing at us for their relationship. Oh, yeah, the old, uh, yeah. I mean, that, uh, yeah. The, just the bad acting. The acting is so superior in this series than it is in the, the act, movies. The acting in these cartoons are top-notch. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that there's not a lot of dialogue. It's just all action. 
another one of the significant things that we see is Dooku training Grievous in the art of the lightsaber. Oh, yeah. Because uh, he, he mentions in, in episode three, he says, I've been trained in the Jedi arts or whatever. Uh, well, we actually get to see Grievous train, uh, uh, Dooku training him. So that was cool. That was cool. Which Grievous, bring- I wonder if some wires got crossed maybe with, with thinking this up. Grievous seemed, you know, he seems a lot bigger, of course. That's number one. And he was also more like spider-like and, and um, acrobatic. You know, they didn't really go that route in the movies. I think it goes back to what Frank said about these being kind of exaggerated tales. Um, right. Also, I can't add something to that. I was reading somewhere is that they got the information on Grievous. They got very little information on Grievous when they were designing these. They didn't know what the voice was going to be like. Neither did Lucas at the time, but they said, here's the model of the character. Here's what he's going to look like. This is what he can do. So they really had, kind of had free reign to go with it. But they had very little to go on, at least on the first volume. On the second volume, I think you see Grievous a little more representative of what he is in uh, in Attack of the Sith, or Revenge of the Sith. Right. Since we mentioned Dooku and <clears throat> Grievous in the same sentence, brings up the, it reminds me of the question. Do Dooku, and for that matter, Grievous, know that Palpatine and Darth Sidious are the same person? I would say no. I would say no for one and yes for one. Okay. What do you think, John? I'd say no for both. Really, you don't you don't think um, you don't think Dooku knew that Palpatine and Darth Sidious were the were the same person? I, I, I guess I would question that. I, I would definitely say no to Grievous. And it, I think the scene is in Volume Two where there's the, the big chase. Yeah, where they finally then, capture him. Right. They finally capture uh, Palpatine. I mean. Right. Yeah, the way Grievous addresses him, I, I, they. I don't think there was anybody there that Grievous was putting a show on for. I just think that meant his reaction and what he said to Palpatine meant that Grievous had no idea. Right. Yeah. You know, he right. was following he was following Darth Sidious's orders. Grievous is a good soldier. <clears throat> yep. He does what he's told. He knows he's going to get some type of reward. I mean, heck, he he was in a sense rewarded even though we don't see this in the movie by uh, given a second chance by given a body because he was um the, uh, the the backstory behind him is that he was on a ship. He was like a, a real kind of a military genius, was on a ship that supposedly Sidious had arranged that crash. So he could give him this body so he could work for him. But you wouldn't know that unless you kind of, you know. Where'd you hear that or read that? Uh, you know, as the movie was coming out, I was trying to learn so much about uh, uh, Grievous that I read it somewhere online. That sounds vaguely familiar from... Some of the novels I may have I'm read. I'm sure it's like a, one of the novels, a, yeah. Italian or something. And plus, you, you know what Grievous also represents? He he represents the predecessor to Vader technology-wise. Yeah. In that... <clears throat> He's more machine man than now. Exactly. And, Twisted and evil. And, you know, this is what Vader... That sounded just like again. Alec Guinness, didn't it, John? Just like him. Just yeah. like him. Where is he? I think he's here. I think the dead Alec Guinness is here. <laughs> Luke... Give me a tissue. I always thought at the end of episode four, <laughs> and when he's talking to him when he's uh-huh. flying through the trench, it always sounded to me like Obi-Wan had like a stuffy nose. Luke, give me a Kleedux, please. <laughs> um, back to Dooku and Palpatine. Uh, I think um, I think Dooku knew that Palpatine and Sidious were the same 
person. Because in episode three, when Anakin, right after Anakin is basically beaten Dooku, he's on his knees, his hands are gone. Palpatine says, kill him. Dooku looks at Palpatine like, what? Right. Like, what? Dude, I thought we were friends. Yeah. Right. I guess you're right. <laughs> I guess you're right, because if he didn't know, he would expect some something. Well, I don't know. Would, would he expect the Chancellor to order him killed anyway? Well. I don't know. If if he knew that Palpatine and Sidious were the same, and he w- he had that reaction like what? Then he was a dedicated Sith apprentice, and yeah. he was he was just sticking with the ruse through the end. Yeah. He was you know making he was helping Anakin believe you know the whole situation was really happening right. the way it appeared to be happening mm-hmm. instead of Dooku and Palpatine being friends or as friends as Sith can be with each other. Right. Can you imagine going to like the local diner and seeing Palpatine and Dooku, or uh, Sidious and Dooku drinking coffee? He's got that. He's got that hood over his face and uh, pass the creamer, you know. And Dooku's sitting like a you know very proper stiff back and, and sipping his tea probably with the finger out. Yeah, Dooku's got that finger out. If the, if the soup comes in cold, he can just electrocute it. Right. Kill the waitress. This is cold. Never mind. I'll take care of it. <laughs> Sidious, would you like to go to um, to the library later on today? Well, yes, I think I would. Uh, I need to do some research on a system called Camino. <laughs> um, well, what happened talk, there? That was weird. Let's talk about that. Uh, the battle that takes place on Yavin Four between uh, Anakin and this is back in Volume One. Anakin and uh, the female Asajj Ventress. Asajj. You know, uh, it didn't occur to me that that was Yavin Four until you said that. Really? Yeah. But it should have because that red thing in the sky was the gas giant. Yeah. I never. And if they mentioned the fact that that he was going to Yavin Four in the in the dialogue or the storytelling, I missed it. You know, watching the show, I could be mistaken, but I can because there's a scene where um, on the Banker Clan planet where um, you know Anakin takes off, and uh, and Ben asks the clone troopers, uh, "Do you know where he's going?" "Yes, he's going to the fourth moon of Yavin." Okay, go follow him. Okay, I so I think that, that's then. all he says. I miss that, but uh, that's pretty. Um, Oh, as go I'm ahead. Going, I'm sorry. No, that's go okay. Ahead. Go ahead. As I'm going through my notes, I see that um the backstory for Asajj Ventress, it's um Star Wars Republic issue number five. Thank so you. I guess they covered her origin in the in the regular comic series. Yeah. Hate and fear. It's called. Can you can you give it? Have you, have you read it? Have you read that? I haven't read it. Oh, okay. I'm looking at a little from a um. There's a little synopsis. From a young age, she was. She endures cruel whippings that began when the warlord, uh, I can't pronounce that, Osika Kirsty. You're breaking up just a little bit. I'm sorry. It seems like she had uh, some vendetta against Jedi. Yeah, there was a reason she... she began training as a dark Jedi. Because she, I mean, she had a lot of potential. She had like a Jedi babysitter when she was little. (laughs) That like... (laughs) Right. Whenever she would do something, the, the Jedi would just like pick her up with the force and put her in the crib. Lock the door, but I mean, uh, it, just like that 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 Lucas staple. Hey, get out of, of the, get off the floor. <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want. I want my mommy. Um, 
just just like the typical Lucas status or state uh, or um, staple of providing us with a great character and then taking it away. Yeah, you know? I, w- I really would like to have seen her in a mo- in a movie. Yeah, but uh, that battle on Yavin. I mean, there's so many cool elements to it, but this is this is obviously you know one more element that brings Anakin just that allows his anger, that allows him to lose control. That's a bit of foreshadowing because yeah. we get to see him using a red lightsaber. Yeah. That was cool when he's standing on top of that uh, temple uh-huh. and that red lightsaber just floats up <laughs> and he just reach out, reaches out and grabs it, you yeah. know. That's just right. some really good foreshadowing. And, you know, some these cartoons in some ways really bring about, they really help with the whole tragedy of of Anakin, I think without these uh, Clone Wars volumes, it would have been a little more difficult to accept his giving up as easily as he appeared to have given up in Episode Three. Right, and why why it's such a big deal that he gave up? You know, he's a he's a Clone Wars hero. Right. You know, which you really don't get out of the movies, mostly because they spent so much time with him as a child in Episode One that you really got rushed through his adult years in, in two and three. I think it's very important for people to watch these cartoons in between episodes two and three because it just helps make episode three that much more richer and a fuller experience. Was his duel with Ventress the one in the rain? Yes. yes. Well, it, it didn't start in the rain, but it ended in the rain. That was awesome when they were at that standstill. Yes, yes. And they right. were just they were just sitting there. It wasn't raining, but then all of a sudden, like it was like for a full twenty seconds, they just sat there, and the camera kept cutting back and forth. You could hear the from back and forth, back and forth. Then all of a sudden, a raindrop hit the lightsaber. And right, and that's just, great. The way they were sitting. That that gave me goosebumps even just now thinking about it. Because Brad, that scene is a staple of Samurai Jack. Oh yeah, yeah. Back and stuff forth, stuff like that. Yeah, kind of. Be still, but back and forth cutting. <clears throat> Super size. Uh, now, when we originally meet Grievous in in a volume one of this, uh, you know, there's there's uh, there's all those Jedi's that are uh, in that crash spaceship uh, on that planet. Yes. And they can hear something coming. What did you guys think of that one Padawan that uh, that was freaking out? I expected expected him to go. Scooby Doo, where are you? <laughs> he was like, he was like Shaggy, he and that just like bothered Shaggy. me because a Jedi would not freak out. Like I know it was a Padawan, I know it was training, but a Jedi, even a training Jedi, would not freak out like that. Well, again, everything's exaggerated in these cartoons. Yeah, but I just I didn't like. That. But yeah, no, it it did seem a little bit out of place. You know who we're talking about, don't you, John? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think it, I think they were trying to add to. How bad, you know? How how just how, how desperate the situation be. was. Oh, right, and how you know I'm, I'm I'm at a loss for words. You know, just how hey, that's how my job. This was going to be. <laughs> yeah. You know, John, <laughs> you know, I like this was such a bad. You know what? That they couldn't. You know, they they felt like they were hopeless. Oh my gosh! Now that you say that, it's kind of funny how how someone will say something and just change your attitude on it. I mean, you mean like you're a big I'm dummy for doing exactly that. <laughs> Um, golly, okay. I mean, that kind of, that kind of changes, changes my opinion a little bit because, yeah, because the whole time I was just thinking, a Jedi wouldn't act like this, but if things are that bad, 
Yeah, I guess I could see that because all the Jedi's were a little freaked out, just a little bit. They were all sweating. Yeah, trembling a little Obi-Wan bit. Obi Wan broke a sweat, I think. Right? Was it Obi Wan in that scene? No, that he was had? not. Kiati Mundi was. He was okay. the he was the ma- he was the main guy there. He was the focus of that scene. But yeah, oh, right, right, right. He right, was right. sweating. Yeah. You got to see a lot of the sweat come off that cone head of his. <laughs> his big brain. You know, he's from France. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's got Keanu a cone Mundi's head. from France. He's a driving instructor. <laughs> that was his day job. That was his day job. Uh, so let's jump over to episode, ep- volume two. Uh, I didn't care for volume two as much. Neither did I, but the story is so closely wrapped to the movie. It's so connected. It is almost... Uh, 2.5, you, you know, episode 2.5. The whole the whole trial thing, the Jedi trial thing mm-hmm. that that Anakin had to go through with those deformed aliens, you mm-hmm. know, and the leeches that tattooed his body, mm-hmm. and then the vision in the cave, and that just seemed to kind of drag on. I wish they'd kind of done that whole thing a little different. I don't know how. I'm not that smart, mm-hmm. but... That was a little. That was a little difficult to uh, to for me to make it through without yawning. John, John, what did you think of Volume Two? Um, I didn't think it was as strong as one. Um, That's because it like wasn't it, right. Some some of the some of the good stuff that we've been mentioning did happen in Volume Two. Um, the whole thing with the ghost hand and the hieroglyphics and everything. I think some of the um, importance is taken away because we all know where it's going. Right. You know, we, we all know that, you know what, Anakin's going to be evil and he's not going to defeat it. If you never saw episode three, four, five, or six and, and you watched the Clone Wars, you know, maybe after that scene you're thinking, you know, he's got a chance, he's got a choice, he can defeat the ghost hand and he doesn't have to be evil. Right. But we all know where it's going, so I think that takes away from it a little bit. Um. I I did I I I love this whole series, but out of the out of the two volumes, uh, this one's definitely my least favorite of the two. Mostly because one, it's very dialogue heavy, to where the other one was more about yeah. images and stuff like that. This had a had a real plot, and we're going to move you forward, and we're going to learn things, and we're going to you know move forward, move forward, move forward. This was definitely more plot centric throughout yeah. the whole throughout the whole. It was more of a if you'll if you'll pardon the crossing of. Uh, sci-fi um, conventions. Uh, it, this was more of a Babylon Five feel, okay, or or I'll we'll say Deep Space Nine Deep Space feel, Nine. meaning okay. meaning an overall story arc throughout the whole season, uh-huh. as opposed to the um, the CSI feel of Volume <laughs> One, where it was like a one nice. and done, done in one. Nerd. <laughs> nice. I did the voice for you. Nerd. 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 I could do the voice, but you wouldn't hear it because of the way we have our set up here. But um, you know, the, but you um, understand what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not. Yes. Uh, yeah, totally loved it. But, but the the one part that I did not like, which just took me out of the whole moment. Now I realize it's a cartoon; it's exaggerated and stuff like that. But the design, Qui Gon Qui Gon Jinn is in this very small scene. He looked like a woodpecker. What was up with that design? <laughs> it was so exaggerated. The schnoz. Yeah, he had a big he schnoz, had, didn't he? He had a huge schnoz. I mean, it took me out of it for, you know, that bothered me for some reason. I don't know why they had to go that route. Are you giant? Did that bother you? Um, you know, it, it didn't. I don't I don't know if I remember. I probably have to go back and look at his nose. It's probably because he's got a big nose, too. <laughs> it, it's not that. I mean, I'm Italian, so I'm, I'm behind the eight ball. But, um, 
but I, I don't remember that. But I'm going to check it. I, I liked most of the design in the, in the series, besides Doth, um No, Doth, Besides Grievous being so big, I don't really. You know, I love the way Yoda looked, and I love everyone else. Yeah. I, I, I think it was so exaggerated. Just, I mean, uh, Qui-Gon in the, in the cartoon, he's more nose than face, literally. Not figuratively, figuratively, literally. Um, but anyway, go, going back here, you know, like I said, I was listening to the commentary a lot on this. And uh, during the making of Volume 2, uh, a lot of the, uh, the design team, they decided to add those kind of skirts to the, to the uh, stormtroopers. You know, those kind of half skirts that they wore and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and Lucas liked that so much that he had the uh, the design team on the movie on Sith go back and add those. Oh yeah, huh. yeah, because they had already designed a model for him without him, but he thought that they looked so cool. He had them. He 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 had the movie people add them because that was so awesome. I thought that was kind of interesting. Something you said. One of you guys said. I don't know who said it because I probably wasn't listening. But was it smart? <laughs> Yeah, it was too smart for me. It was me. It was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, something Anakin says to General Grievous. Uh, he said, General Grievous, when they first see each other. He right, says, right, oh, right, right, right. I expect, I you, you, to I expect you, you to be taller. That's kind of funny because, like, in the in the cartoon, he was, like, twice as tall as he appeared to be in the movie. Yeah. Right. Let's see. Um, I... I mentioned that. I'm, I'm going over my uh, my notes. Uh, please, please jump in, Johnny. Yeah, you John. Got, you got something. Bring something up. Um, Would you please contribute to this conversation, please? <laughs> I just really, I, I felt like, you know, like I said before, they, they, rushed, they rushed through episode two and three, that these really are, you know, a must-see to fill in the gaps. Yeah. We, it's amazing that it took a, you know, it took, three-minute cartoons on the <laughs> on the Cartoon Network to fill in the gaps for a Star Wars trilogy, but that's kind of the way it turned out. And and we do we do get a kind of a, a feeling of what Anakin, you know, he's already lost his mom, and he's already lost Qui-Gon, and he's, he's holding on to these losses. Um, and I guess you could say that, you know, that's kind of expressed a little bit... <laughs> <laughs> in this uh in, in in this animation you know he's he, he's just it seems like he's always always losing you know losing the ones he loves um poor Anakin no one ever understands him um but you know when he was going through his trials on that planet with the uh with the giant gophers whatever they were yeah the gopher people you know I know that drag a little bit but uh I loved it when they put those worms on them, and they and they started painting out that. It looked like cir- it was a tattoo, but it looked like cir- circuitry. Circuitry, yeah. and and that's a right. foreshadowing of what he's eventually going to become. You know, right. half man, half half machine. I I totally dug that. If it wasn't for this cartoon, we wouldn't know that the mechanical hand he has in episode three was actually his second mechanical hand. Oh yeah, because remember he gets it's destroyed when he's helping uh-huh. the Gophers. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know um, the aliens that were designing the Gophers. That's the Techno Union. Um, if you look, there's a scene in that uh, uh, early uh, in that where Anakin has snuck in to to help the Gopher people out. Um, where in the background, if you look, you can see uh, schematics of Grievous's armor, 
which I guess you're led to believe that the Techno Union designed his armor. I didn't. I missed huh. that. That's yeah. cool. It's just it's re- it's in the background. Just uh, you see it really quickly, but you know I freeze it, and sure enough, it's Grievous's armor. That's cool. So. And the the techno union that those were the guys that had those uh for some reason when they talked those little those little dials on their chest yeah they had these crazy the techno dials union on your, yeah that was weird that was crazy I think also in in um in volume two um Grievous's arms actually split to the forearms yes they didn't do that in the volume one when he fights so again maybe that goes back to them having more information about Grievous when they did volume two than. I bet when you're right. One. I bet you're right about that. No, I, I yeah, I bet you're 100% right because uh based on the commentary for volume 1, all they had was a, just a couple still pictures of Grievous. They didn't know anything more about him. You know, uh Lucas really kind of gave him free reign because Grievous going back to volume 1, he uses he's like a a spider. You know, right. he uses three he uses, he he has three lightsabers and he's hopping around on one foot. He doesn't do it so much in this one. He does a little bit in Volume Two, but uh, but yeah, then he pops out those four arms, and that's that is pretty awesome. Uh, what do you yeah, think of the was, whole? Oh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I was just it was I was kind of spoiled by that. I would have liked to seen that for the first time in the movie. You mean the four you know, arms like when you see Darth Maul for the first time with right. the double lightsaber? Oh yeah. But it was a little bit of a spoiler, but it was still cool. Uh, what did you guys get out of? Uh, Anakin's journey there with the gopher people because I didn't I got a nap because <laughs> I didn't I couldn't really connect the two I mean I realized he was going through trials he was he was using more uh, he wasn't thinking so much because remember uh, he ends up fighting those giant gopher people and there's that one that's in the test tube and he's trying to tell him no pull the uh, pull those right. control belts off him but Anakin just wants to fight him because that's, I guess he just wants to use his anger to stop it. But the other guy has to show up. No, there's always another way. I mean, you're jumping to conclusions all the time. That was kind of the only thing I really got out of it. Uh, but it it just didn't connect really well with me. Uh, the the I, gopher people, his trials, yeah, and like a, all that. I, none of that did any anything for me. That was the one story that was weaving throughout Volume 2 that really didn't do anything for right. me. Right. Again, maybe if, if you didn't know where Anakin was headed, you know, it, it, it might have had a little more weight to it. That's Is he true. Is he going to be able to choose? Is he going to be able to, to beat, you know, the evil in him? But we all know that, he, that he's not. So. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was just <clears throat> the storytellers, another attempt on the storytellers' part to to fill in some of the some of the gap in Anakin's anguish some of his right. what made it so easy for him to turn in episode three well going to the battle on Coruscant where uh, they have to get um, the Chancellor to safety and stuff and, and they're, they're fighting Grievous on that I mean it's just this huge chase scene that part was so much fun you know it's yeah, it's like they can't get away. It just keeps going and going and going. Kind of reminds me a little bit of when Peter Griffin on Family Guy fights the chicken. You know, it just keeps right. going it and going yeah. and going. But it's fun. And it's just, you know, they're desperately trying to save him. But they just, there's nothing they can do because that's how, how bad Grievous, I mean, that's how cool Grievous is. I think it's really cool how this volume two ends with 
I mean, just it leads right into volume, uh, volume three, episode three. Yeah. You know, the big space battle over Coruscant. We get to see the right. invasion of Coruscant. Uh-huh. You know, because the way episode three starts out is just brilliant. Two lone fighters kind of look like they're having a Sunday drive. Yeah. You know, and then they come around the top of that ship, and then all hell's breaking loose. You know, yeah. you get to see what what started it. You know, you get to you get to see why they're having to go after Palpatine. Why they're having to go rescue him. It's just really it, that was what saved Volume Two for me was the way it ended with tying in so closely and just right like back to back with Episode Three. Yeah. Um, how would you, if you guys could have added an element to this? Let's, let's start with you, Johnny. What would you have added to um, to this series to to make it better, or what would you have taken out to make it to make it better? Um, that's a really tough question. Um, I probably would have taken out some of the, uh, volume two stuff that, that we've been talking about. Maybe shorten the trials a little bit. Right. We could have gotten to the end, um, and that point, you know, without it, without it going so long. Um, I wouldn't add, uh, anything really. I like it just the way it is. Yeah. I, 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 for me, it would be, I wish that volume two was a little more like volume one, not so much, you know, more action, more kind of myth-based, not so tied into a plot that we have to get to this one point. And, yeah, the trial scene uh, with the Gopher people, I think that was just – i there wasn't a big emotional bond there for me. I don't know what it was. I just could not connect with it. Uh, so, you know, it was like, I know where we're headed. Okay, I got it. He's got to go through these trials. He's going to help these people. But at the same time, it didn't mesh very well for me, Brad. Well, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, right? <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm got an itchy throat today. Something that I just now thought of when you asked that question uh-huh. that would have been so dadgum cool is when Mace Windu is fighting all the droids uh-huh. on that planet, and he that little boy is running. We see that little boy. How, how cool would that have been if that little boy was Han Solo? <laughs> it could have happened because of the age happened. difference. Because of the age difference in Luke and Han, that very well could have easily have been Han Solo. And all we had to have heard, we wouldn't have had to known until, you know, after Mace Windu takes a little drink from the canteen, mm-hmm. if we hear the little kid's mother's voice say, come on, Han. You know, come along, Han. How cool would right. that have been? Brad, my jaw is... I know. It's on the floor. Just, well, yeah. That is the Am I stupid? Or no. is that like one of the coolest... No, that's perfect. That, w- that could perfect. have been so incredibly cool. Whenever I see Jindy Tartakovsky, Gentry, whatever his name is, uh-huh. I'm going to tell him that, and he's going to go, Dad Gum, you're right. <laughs> that would have been so cool had that been a, a little Han Solo, five-year-old Han Solo. I'm like beside myself right now. That is that the most have, awesome could, thing I've ever heard in my life. That could very easily easily have happened. That's the most awesome thing I've ever heard. That is so cool. That's how I roll. That is great. I don't think... That's I, a great idea. Uh, that's it. There's no sense of going on because that was the greatest <laughs> idea. That how was awesome. How long is this... Uh, Do you have anything else to say about these cartoons, Johnny? I don't think so. I think we covered it pretty well. Okay. And, Johnny, we'd like to have you on for uh, for The Sith when we talk about Revenge of the Sith. 
Sounds great. All right, great. Now, before we go, though, we do want to uh, promote a contest that we want to do. Thanks to Johnny. Let Johnny me read. M. Let me read the letter that I got at my house. I got a big package. We got big package from Johnny in the mail. Oh, from Long Island, a big package from big Long package. Island. Can make sure it wasn't ticking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Dear Brad and Frank, I'll read it like John would. Okay. I'm gonna turn <laughs> off Star Wars music here. Okay. Dear Brad and Frank. <laughs> After hearing Brad whine about giving up on his his own stuff for contest prizes, I knew I had to help out. Here are some trades that I don't mind parting with. Please read them, keep them, give them away, or set them on fire. Whatever works for you guys is fine with me. Enjoy, Johnny M. All right, Johnny. I sounded just like you. I didn't, didn't know it? I sounded so much like John F. Kennedy. <laughs> 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 and then I open the box, and there's a bunch of trades. There is a. Uh, there was uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten trades. Mysteriously, though, only nine of them will be available. Why is that? What, what is there one that's missing? Brad? One of them's missing. I think it made its way onto my bookshelf. Okay. <laughs> um, Marvel Heroes for Hire Civil War, Volume One. Ding. Uh, Justin Gray, Jimmy Palmiani. Uh, Decimation X Men: The Day After. This was the uh, after the House of M. Oh, okay. Deal. I've always wanted to read that, so I'm glad that's here. Superman Tales of the Bizarro World. This is fun. Really? It's a lot of fun. I looked through it. Let me read. Let me read some of this dialogue. <laughs> it's so awesome. You can all. You can. You can. I never understood what the Bizarro number one uh-huh. sign was. Well, that's because on his planet, all the guys look just like him. Oh, they're okay. all Superman, uh, Bizarro Superman. So, I guess so. The reader will know. Who the main Bizarro oh, okay. is? Because I believe, if I if I remember reading this correctly, he created all the rest of the Bizarro okay, creatures. Okay. So just so everybody will know, in- including the reader, who the main Bizarro is, he wears that sign. Gotcha. Um, I just saw Bizarro wearing a top hat. Yeah, that was uh, Lincoln Bizarro. <laughs> Gosh, damn smart. Uh, him killing me. Uh, what a true friend am him. Uh, some Gorilla Garad looking dude is like shooting Bizarro with blue kryptonite rays. So he talks backwards like Yoda, or he does has that. that yeah, backwards. it's kind of a it's kind of a it's kind of a backwards Yoda thing going on. <laughs> that it's, is bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's a lot of fun. Uh, Wolverine uh, by Chris Claremont and Frank Miller. Uh, the uh, first miniseries, volume uh, or uh, issues one through four. House of M, World of M, featuring Wolverine. I guess this was Wolverine's experience in during the House of, House M, of M during okay. that that world. X Men: The Complete Age of Apocalypse, Epic Epic X Men: The Complete Age of Apocalypse. Epic. For a while. Yeah, <laughs> this is book one, and I believe they had four of these. But th- it's a hefty tome. It is a hefty tome. That's book one out of those. I think there's four. The whole Age of Apocalypse storyline. Right, there's at least three. I'm not sure. If yeah. Four. Ultimate Galactus, book one, Nightmare. I would, I would like to read that. That looks fun. Collecting Ultimate Nightmare numbers one through five, book one of the Ultimate Galactus trilogy. That's something you can read because I'm not a fan of the Ultimate Universe. Except for the Ultimates. That's That book yeah. there is pretty cool. Sort of Azrael, Batman Sort of Azrael. That's a great read. You ever read this? No. You need to read it. Okay. 
and the Buffy the Vampire Slayer The Origin. Is this uh The Origin? Is this um like literally The Origin of Buffy? Yeah, that is that is from the screenplay of Josh Whedon, I believe, that ended up the movie, but they, you know, they tinkered with what ended up being actually the movie. Oh, here it is. So that's his oh. screenplay. I yeah, believe. it says collected for the first time is Buffy the Vampire Slayer: The Origin, the adaptation of Joss Whedon's original script into comic book form. Is it is it can uh, is it can't be like it's been years since I've seen the movie. I never is saw that movie. Is it can't be like the movie? No, no, not so much. Um, it definitely comes off more campy on on film. It's yeah. it's a pretty good read. The, the Buffy comic stuff is not bad actually. Okay, so we'll add these trades to our prize box right and we'll we'll probably take half of them we'll put out a list you can decide which one you want but here's the contest since we have a star wars theme going on right now we want you out there to tell us a star wars joke something that involves the characters or you know the punchline has something to do with star wars um you can do whatever you want all we ask is that one it's funny and two it's somewhat clean being that we're an all ages show um but uh give us a leave it on our voicemail uh brad and i will base it on originality delivery and just how much it makes us laugh timing is important timing the is telling important. of a joke and um if you tell a joke like like if frank tried to tell the joke and the timing would be all wrong you're not going to win the contest right or like when i try to explain what i'm thinking about fight club uh-huh. if you tell it like i do when i talk you're not going to win the contest. <laughs> so it's all in the delivery and the timing. That's right. So uh, we will announce the winner on uh, when we do episode four of A New Hope. Yes. So a Star Wars-themed joke. Have fun. Uh, make sure delivery is good. And, and Brad and I would just, would just pick the one that makes us laugh the most. Please and, submit it on our voicemail line. And what number is that, Brad? 641. Johnny, I got that right this time. It's Very six, nice. 641. <laughs> Seven one five thirty nine hundred, extension seven seven five zero zero six four pound. That's six four one seven one five three nine zero zero seven seven five zero zero six four pound. And we will we'll put that number on our notes and uh, and we'll play it on uh, on the New Hope episode. Yes, when we get to it. Um, don't forget to visit us at the Comic Forums. Dot com. Did I get it right? You did. I finally. always get it wrong. TheComicForums.com. Or and visit us our website at uh, HalfHourWasted.com and drop us an email at uh, HalfHourWasted at gmail.com. And Johnny, we want to thank you so much for being here. We want you to stick around for the next episode. You game? Great. I'm in. All right. Well, guys, until next week, Johnny, thanks for being here. This is Frank. Thank and- you for having me. And this is Brad Milo. And we will see you next week on A Half Hour Wasted. Take care, guys. Adios. Bye-bye.